0: all right, welcome to this episode of uh, Robotech Fan. I'm your host, Doug Bendo, and today we have another exciting episode of Robotech Fan. Uh, we're going to be doing it live, and um, I know that like last week the live episode was missed, and that's simply because um, I was wanting to do it with uh, Kaiser. i got to get in touch again with Maurice, because um, I think he might... And this is a might on this end. I might have stuff settle down now. Um, but there was a show I was specifically wanting to do with Kaiser. And obviously, if he wasn't here to do it, then obviously it couldn't be done. It was one of those kind of things. Um, so we'll be making that time up to you uh, partly, you know, today. Uh, that's what we're going to do. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll just simply uh, take it from there. So, just real quick. Um, I have not done... Uh, the pre-recorded episodes uh, that I had planned to do, which I'll be doing this week, so they will be getting done. Um, I just haven't done them yet, and um, the reasoning for that is that um, I was—I actually did do a pre-recorded episode. It's not that I—that I hadn't done one. Um, but it's a, it's an episode that I want to redo simply because it took so long to actually do as an episode. It was like two and a half hours long. And then by the time I was done with it, I was like, ah, you know what? I could sit up here and do this. I think a bit better. So it's, it's more of one of those episodes that sounded really good, but it's clearly a pilot, um, episode in the way that it works. And I, I just want to refine it a bit, bit more so you can expect for me effectively to, um, you know, be releasing a pre-record episode or two, uh, based on the length of what that episode was. Cause like usually I like my pre-recorded episodes to be about an hour to an hour and a half long. So when you get up into the two hour range, then I gotta be wondering, should I just split the episodes up, uh, to part one and part two? Do I need to go back and reconsolidate it? Like what went, you know, where and why did it take so long? And did I really get in all the content that I could have? For that given episode um, I will definitely say for the episode that I did uh, There was a broad range of content Like a broad range of it um, And I wasn't able to get everything in In the way that I wanted to um, And that's one of the reasons why I'm actually uh, redoing it um, So you guys really should enjoy the pre-recorded episodes uh, For this week When they actually happen um, So with that being said uh, Let's just get into it So um to begin with, um, Kaiser, did you still want to go with I want to say uh, the live action movie episode that we were going to do?
1: Yeah, why not? Yeah, for, or, or or we can talk about anything. I mean, like right now, I'm I'm up for anything. But yeah, we can talk about the live, uh, the you know the live action movie. I think I think that there was a lot to uh, you know there was a lot. Let us know we didn't cover. So yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool to be
0: covered, some of that stuff. All right, cool. So that's what we'll go with here today. We'll go with the uh, live action movie, um, or at least we'll start off with it. Uh, so to begin with, um, let's scope it like this, or let's frame it like this. Uh, basically, the way it works is this: is that um, you know, Robotech has been around for a long, long time. And, um, as far as Robotech goes, this, and this goes into like my pre-recorded episode that, that I, that I had been talking about. Um, you basically have a scenario where Robotech as it stands today. Okay. Um, its audience is much, much older than what it was when it began. Um, you gotta, you gotta keep in mind that its audience has effectively grown. If you're talking from the beginning, of the actual, um, you know, the actual, shall we say, um, inception of it, you are talking about 30 years. I mean, Robotech's been around for like 30 years, you know, if, if you're thinking about your earlier fan base leading up until now. So, with a live-action movie, I I think it's kind of interesting because it comes down to how do you actually approach it? You know, how do you actually make a real approach about the live-action movie in a way that speaks to the fan surface of what Robotech is supposed to be for the fans that it has, and um, how can you bring in a brand new audience? And to a degree, I, I'm not sure if that can actually be done, uh to be perfectly honest. Um I don't know if you can actually do that. And the reasoning to why I say that primarily is due to the fact that I think when you're when you're talking about Robotech and you're thinking about it from the standpoint of when you were six years old watching it versus being, you know, thirty six now and watching it, um, those are very, very uh different um you know very, very, uh, different mechanics. I'll put it that way. Okay. Uh, they're, they're extremely different, I want to say, in their mechanics. And the way you see it as a child versus the way you see it as an adult and in the way that it's been regurgitated again and again and again and again and again, you know, um, you know, keep in mind over 30 years time frame, you know, let's just say that you set up here and watch Robotech three times a year. All right. Let's just say that you watch the entire Robotech series three times a year. Over 30 years, that's like 90 times watching it at the very least. Okay? So, depending on how dedicated you are to Robotech, um, you may watch Robotech literally once a day, every day. um, Which means that you easily get in, if we're talking 85 episodes, um, about you get a four to five time run each year. And if you're looking at it from that standpoint of getting it in, like, you know... Four to five times each year, depending on how you watch Robotech, if we're just talking a single episode each day. Um over a 30 year time frame, you know, that's like over a hundred times viewing the entire series. You know, it's, it, it's crazy, you know, when you actually think about it, you know, uh, you're talking like 120, 150 times that you might have seen Robotech. So, how you basically view Robotech after your 150th viewing of it is clearly different than how you viewed it the first time around or the second time around or the third time around. And you know, that's something that has it's to be understood. Different. I'll go right ahead, Kaiser.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's way different. It is way, way, way different, be, uh, cause uh, I mean, the society, I mean, society, uh, everything else has changed, uh, a lot since, uh, the 1980s, which, Uh, I think even though, even though, uh, Robotech was created with a futuristic mindset, like, okay, so this is how society is gonna look like, uh, 2019, 2020, uh, uh, 2015, you know, whatever, or 2009, Um, I mean, no, it, it is not gonna, I mean, society doesn't look like that, I mean, they thought that you know that, that by two thousand nine uh like everybody will be dressed the same way or, or like society is gonna be is gonna be as as what they were back in the nineteen eighties so keep going unmuted,
0: yeah you're right about that, I mean, like yeah, if you definitely think back to like the nineteen eighties and how they thought you know the early millennium was going to be, or the first decade post first decade of the early, uh, of the new millennium, sorry, not the early millennium, but the new millennium was going to be when you start talking about like, you know, 2000 and you know, uh, you know, 10 forward. Um, everyone sat up here and thought like, for example, in the 1950s that you were going to have hover cars all over the place, that cities were only going to be in the sky. Everyone was going to be like the Jetsons or some craziness. Um, even as you inch closer into, like, the 70s, you know, you go from the 50s to the 70s, you know, it was really believed that, you know, mankind would be living under domes, you know, on different worlds. You know, or we would be mining asteroids, or we'd be living in, you know, giant metal cylinders. You know, and even if you were to sit up here and take the 1980s, I mean, which the 1980s was was more down to earth in the way that it worked. Uh, but the reality was everyone thought the 1980s we, we were going to have cyborgs running around and androids running around. You know, and, you know, banks were going to basically run governments and governments would not exist without, you know, uh, financial institutes pulling all the strings and what have you not. Now, to, I want to say, a political end of things, I would definitely say the 1980s may have had you know some some accuracy there depending on you know what area of the world you're talking about so i mean if, if you're living in an you know an area of the world where the government truly is you know um, uh, shall we say just uh heavily involved in financial institutes where quite frankly you know um, they practically dictate you know the uh, the policies that you have um, in the larger scheme of things, like you could say, in the U.S., it's partly like that to a degree. I would, I would definitely say that financial institutes play that role. Uh, the 1980s has that right. It, it definitely had that right. Um, but as far as I want to say, having you know cybernetic, uh, you know, uh, warriors or civil agents, or you know, the idea of um, Japan um, going through like a massive um, apocalyptic earthquake, and based on that, you know. Sp- basically um, sprinting ahead in robotics technology and stuff like that. No, none of that shit ever happened. It it didn't. Um, And and I don't know if that's the key to it. I mean, maybe, maybe realistically, Japan really does have to go through some like, you know, you know, apocalyptic, uh, you know, earthquake. And then that's when we start kicking into all the cool sci-fi stuff, Um, because it is believed in most cases that it all, you know, centers out of Japan. Although um, reality has taught something incredibly different. Um, Now, I'll be fair about this, and I will say this uh if you are talking about what older sci fi has done leading up until or leading you know basically or spearheading the vision of of what you have today, if you want to talk about drones I mean definitely you know that was a futuristic thing that you have um if you want to talk about something like I want to say the internet again um a very futuristic system, uh, but we have it now. I mean, there are things that we do have now. I mean, like no one thought way back when, um, that we would have smartphones the way we do today. You know, I mean, when, when you think about where society has gone or no one would have ever sat up here and thought that, you know, you were going to have effectively like in, shall we say, um, companies like, uh, Facebook, or, you know, Google or, or what have you not that are highly uh, based on, um, you know, uh, information uh, of one sort or another. Um, so when you talk about like the, I'd say the digital age, which is I, I think the main thing that you're talking about, um, not so much the tech bubble, okay, but the concept of the digital age, uh, things have changed quite a bit. They, they really have. Um, now, I know for most Robotech fans, you know, where their concerns lie. Honestly, are things such as, like, well, now that we're, like, in 20, you know, 2017, what is the first Veritech fighter going to look like from the live-action movie? Um, and th- that's one of the huge concerns that you have. Another concern, which this more alludes to the episode of, of what we were getting into in our last live session um, that's basically going to drive this one, is, of course um basically the the political correctness, um the values that you know society has now adapted itself to since the nineteen eighties and how Robotech plays into that. And you know, there are other things that we could look at too and we could say, ah, back in the nineteen eighties it was like this, but in today's world it is now like that. You know? Um, so Again, I think that it's it, it's pretty interesting, you know, the way this works. Um when you get into exactly having a Robotech live action movie and being able to compare it to what happened in the 1980s versus ultimately what is going to happen in the 19, you know, I'm sorry, not the 19 uh anything, but the uh I meant to say uh like, you know, um the uh coming of the uh post fur uh you know, post decade um, of the new millennium, um, or post first decade, I should say, of the new millennium. Y- you're going to have changes there, and um, those changes ultimately do concern Robotech fans in terms of how a movie can be made. You know, and anybody who doesn't believe that is is basically either I want to say some like you know nuanced Matt Cross purists that you know they're just in denial about uh, themselves on, or um, they really just haven't been, you know, in tune with the world for the past, like, 30-some years to see its changes take place. So, the first thing we'll ta- tackle on this, um, I think, which is totally fair, is basically the one that everybody wants to talk about, you know, in their brother and mother and, and father and sister, which is basically the idea of the concept of the Veritech Biter. And um the general concept of the conversation always stems around the idea of, should, they actually change the frame of the Veritech fighter. You know, should they? And if they should, what should they change it to? Um, there have been a lot of people who believe that they should change it, um, and they believe that it should be changed to the F-35. That's what they believe. Uh, myself, personally, um, I, I don't believe that. Um, I don't believe that at all. And the reason why I don't believe it is partly due to this. The argument that people want to make about Robotech is that it starts in the future, okay? It, it it starts in the future, and the idea and the fact that it starts in the future is that you have to use something futuristic in order to make it work like that. However, if you actually look at Robotech, okay, although it did start in the future, it was the idea that they were able to take take you know existing proven technology and apply it. In terms of robotechnology, they were able to apply that to the technology that we have today. That's what, that's what, that's what they were able to do. Okay. Now what I mean by that is this is if you are talking about, you know, effectively, um, the technology that we have today, when I say this, you've got to remember that when you're talking about robotech, It starts in 1999, right? Well, the F-14 fighter had been around since, like, 1965. It had been around for a long time. So this totally blows, like, the Tommy Yoon theory of... Well, Robotech is set in the future, and therefore you have to use futuristic things. It's like, no, that's not how Robotech works, actually. What happens is, Robotech is set in a futuristic date, that is true. But the reality is, is when you talk about Robotech and how the story works... What they do is they go way back into the past and apply robotechnology technology to that stuff which catapults it into the future. That's how it works. Which, in a sense, is a testimony to, to, to how great Robotech is in terms of the humans, their flexibility, and the technology. But I don't know, Kaiser, is that something that you've ever caught about Robotech? Which is, the F-14 wasn't made until, like, I believe, the mid-1960s. You know, and you are talking in Robotech, like what? Like, 2009?
1: Ah, uh, it's hard. It's very hard though. Uh, I mean, you were talking like, like, first of all, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st- I'm to I start, I'm gonna start from the very beginning though. Because I think we just jump into the mechanics and, like well actually in the designs a little too soon. But anyway. Um yeah, uh well talking about the uh the mechas and the and the and the planes, I mean like having the F the F fourteen Tomcat for a Robotech movie, nowadays it's gonna look kinda of silly. Um uh, I mean, it's gonna look cool, though It's gonna look cool Especially when it comes to transformations Uh, you, uh You know, the The, pa- the Paraloid And the uh, the Guardian mode Yeah, it's gonna look It's gonna look awesome But it's gonna look awesome for the fans But not for the new people If you wanna bring new fandom into the Robotic base And that's That's a big problem right there So, like In order to bring, like more people, more people into fandom because that's that's what this is all about i mean like Less i mean per se sony entertainment Japan i mean right now they're the ones that had the franchise um according to to memo uh like Right after the Aquaman movie, like, right after, I mean, uh, Sun Entertainment Japan is gonna work on, 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 on Robotech, according with Memo, of course, I mean, uh, there is nothing that leads me to believe that that's gonna happen, but according to him, yes, it's gonna happen uh, right after, so, mm, I mean, like, as any, as any other company, uh, like, well, I don't wanna put Harmony Gold cuz you know how Harmony Gold works. Yeah. Uh but like Sony, Sony entertainment Japan is, is is something different. They wanna make money. I mean, there're companies like Warner Brothers, uh Disney, Pixar, uh Sony, I mean, they they don't wanna make movies just because of the fandom. They wanna make a movie just because they wanna make money. Um making money means like Bringing more fandom, I mean, being able to after the movie to produce merchandise to sell uh, action figures, t-shirts, you know, all these other stuff, you know. So like, uh, and then and uh, like they, I mean, that being said, I think that they're gonna have to go for something more up to date. I would say the F twenty two or or the newest plane or maybe a prototype or something like that. You know something that contains the spirit of the parloid, of the Robotech parloid. But um it cannot be the F fourteen town cap anymore. I mean that's so 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 outdated, so outdated and I mean, they can pull it off. They can pull it off if they explain, you know, if they, if they come up with a good explanation of how that's going to work in the space. Yeah, it's the best model to actually fly in space because yada, yada, you know, aerodynamics and, you know, they can come, you know, if they come up with a good skills, yes, but no, I don't think that's going to be the case. They have to go to uh, either, either, uh, the F-22, um, Raptor or, 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 or something more updated. Sorry, but yeah, that's the truth.
0: Okay, so let's, let's take this for what it is, all right? So my whole thing is this, okay? The reason to why you cannot get rid of the F-14 is because if you're doing it based on the concept of technology, and if you're doing it based on the Robotech story itself, in Robotech, what they do is Granted, it's like the year 2009, okay? When Robotech starts, it's like the year 2009, okay? Um, Although it's the year 2009, they're using the F-14, which is technically only like eight years ago, all right? So, eight years ago, they were using the F-14 in Robotech. Now, how long did the first Robotech War actually last? And then what happened to the VF-1 after that? All right. Now, that's basically the reasoning to why I believe it should be there. Okay. Is that the F-14 technically has not outdated itself from a Robotech perspective yet. I mean, if we get into like 20, I want to say 30 or or, or 2060, okay, at that point I might be looking at it and saying, okay, guys, I don't know if we can really go with this F14. All right. But the fact is, by a Robotech timeline, the F14 mecha frame, okay, or Veritech mecha frame, would still be being used from a story standpoint. It would still be being used. Now, I do agree with you here on the idea of what companies are here to do. They're here to make money. I mean, let's be honest. Warner Brothers did not touch Robotech with a 10-foot pole beyond wanting to acquire its rights because they didn't have everything in place that they needed to have in place in order for it to make money. That's just the reality. Everybody knows that. I mean, look how long it's taken them to do something like the Justice League. Or a Batman versus Superman, you know. I I mean, like just with their major projects they've had around forever and a day, they weren't able to tackle those until recently. So you know that they wouldn't be able to sit up here and tackle something like Robotech until sometime later and try to yield the same results. And the other thing about Warner Brothers is this: Warner Brothers has not been insanely successful with their with their newer projects. Like, quite honestly, I think the Dark Knight series is, like, the last great success that they had. And I would even argue if you'd want to even call that shit Batman. Okay? But the truth is, as great as it was, who talks about it now? Nobody. Like, if you talk about Batman the Dark Knight, people are like, what? Who? Huh? Is that like a, you know, cartoon series? I mean, that's just how it really works for Warner Brothers. Okay, so... Part of it it comes down to the fact that you need to make a product line where you can basically make money. That is true. Okay, so you need something at the box office. The other thing, though, which we have all learned from Star Wars, is that you want something that can regurgitate funds. You want something that you can do again and again and again, and it can work. You know, the fact that George Lucas can sit up here or at one... Point in time, he could, you know, sit up here and basically redo the destruction of the Death Star and then call it a brand new Star Wars movie. Although it was the same Star Wars movie done like four times over, you know, it just shows so, how powerful that is. Oh, go and right they ahead.
1: risk it, and you know they risk it. You know, you know how they, you know, they because you know, I mean, especially when. Like, even though Rogue One, uh, The Force Awakens, I mean, uh, they risk it though. They risk it because I was like, I mean, when I saw the, the, the trailers, I mean, people were, a lot of people were hesitating, like, of how good I was gonna be. I mean, because like, if, like, cause I, I, I don't know if you agree with me, but when it comes to episode 1, 2, 3, especially episode 3 was crap. From my standpoint, it was crap. The only cool thing was the, the, uh, fighting, the fighting scenes. But after, I mean, but for me, it was that was crap. I mean, that and, and the Clone Wars. So, I mean, uh, and they were like risking it. They were risking it with, uh, episode, you know, like, um, Rogue, Rogue 1 and, um uh the Force Awakens. So I mean I mean um uh, like and and, and that's and and that's a franchise that has that has like a lot of weight. I mean it has there is a franchise that is established already. Like sorry but like Star Wars even though Robotech as a as a story is way superior. I mean Robotech as as a story it's way superior than, than Star Wars, uh, way, way superior, but, um, you know, but unfortunately Star Wars has, you know, more movies, uh, you know, it, the fandom is bigger because, like, uh, the people who, like, you know, they, uh, um, I don't know, it, 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 they, they were making sequels and you know robot that we have only like 85 episodes and that's it I mean but when it goes to Star Wars they they, they really expanding the, their universe even though our the robotic universe is far more superior than star that the Star Wars universe um however uh, like they were they risk a lot they did risk a lot. With, with those, with those two movies, because if they screw up, if they, if, 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 if those two movies come up bad, like, like the last three, I'm talking episode one, two, three, um, they were actually that, that, the whole, the whole, like the whole fan base and everything was gonna sink forever. So they really, they, they, they really got, they really, uh, risked it a lot. I mean, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, no, you're right. You are totally right. Um episodes 1, 2 and 3 sucked. They were terrible. They literally cost the Star Wars franchise like billions upon billions, more importantly forced George Lucas effectively to sell off <laughs> Star Wars to Disney, you know? And and he was forced to actually do animations to try to fix to try to fix episodes 1, 2 and 3. And and you saw how like long winded those Clone War episodes are, and they're still trying to sell that shit. They're still trying to sell it. No, no, you're right. Um, if you're looking at uh, Rogue One and Episode Seven, it is it was definitely a huge risk. It was um, because you know Star Wars had lost a lot of its appeal. I mean, at one point in time, Lucas literally could sit up here and just destroy the Death Star any which way he wanted to and not change another thing in the movie and it was totally okay. People would go back and watch it again and again and again. Regardless of the fact that Star Wars has a lame ass story. It has one of the most simplistic stories that you could possibly offer in sci-fi. You know, but again, that also appeals to a broader, you know, fan base. The greater the simplicity, the greater the fan base potential. I mean like that that makes perfect sense. But um but yeah, he he basically drove it into the ground with episode one, two and three, and in the end, he couldn't carry the weight of it, and he had to give it to Disney. you know, and Disney definitely delivered on Star Wars in the way that Disney wanted to, not necessarily in the way that Star Wars needed it delivered, but in the way that Disney wanted to deliver it and in the way that Disney is going to deliver it, you know um, Now Sony clearly is looking for something similar from Robotech. It's the bottom line to it. They want their own Star Wars, and they understand that Robotech can give it to them. Warner Brothers was too hung up on like superhero franchises to do anything with Robotech, and you see the results of that, you know? Um, now, from a state... Oh, go right ahead.
1: That's totally Bang. I'm sorry, the thing is, this episode is great though I mean, there is a lot to say um, Yeah, I mean Like, when it comes to Warner Brothers I'm going to tell you this um, Warner Brothers uh Like, right after uh, The Batman series Which they, I guess they have a lot They have a lot success with uh, especially, You know, the cartoon series Like uh, Animaniacs and all the Warner Bros. cartoons or whatever, and then you know the Batmans, Um, They have a short range of vision. I mean, their vision is very short. Sorry, sorry for those Warner Bros. fans, but I mean, Warner Bros. is a company that has a very short vision, and that's and that is why they are so freaking stuck on in in their in, I mean, like right there. Um. And, uh, like, right now they are delivering, uh, you know, uh, uh, Batman, um, like, well, they deliver the Matrix too. But, uh, but anyway, I mean, the, the vision is too short because that's, that, that, that's all they want to do. They want to do, like, superhero movies. They don't want to deliver. They don't want to create a freaking franchise. It's, I mean, uh, uh, like, something like, like they can be remembered for. Like, for example, Lucasfilm. Like, every person like, like my, like our age and even older than us knows about Locust when it comes, when you hear about Locust you, you, you think right, away, I mean about Star Wars, like right away, in, immediately, automatically. You know, it is, but it doesn't happen with superhero movies Superhero movies, you just, I mean, you say, uh, Batman, uh, The, the Dark Knight and uh, that's it, you see The Dark Knight, but you never But you don't think about Warner Brothers I mean, you think about Warner Brothers when you, when you, uh, um, when you, uh, you know when, when you start asking, oh, who made Batman The Dark Knight? Oh, yeah, it was Warner Brothers, oh, yeah, okay You know, I mean... The only thing the Warner Brothers is being remembered in history is, <laughs> uh, you know, Any and Box Bunny and whatever. You know, that's, sorry, but that's true. So, so, like, Sony is, I mean, we have to understand that Sony has another vision. I mean, they, they have, their vision is, like, it's more complex. I mean, they're always thinking ahead. They want to create not only a franchise, you know, that, that, it was gonna last for the next two or three movies. They wanna create something that they can keep going on and on and on and on. And on you know, to tell the story, just like happens in local films. So that's what I. That's that's my that's my perception of why they are so excited. Because I can tell you this. I mean, if they hire the same guy that he, that is doing Fast, uh, Fast. I mean, Fast and Furious. You know, Fast Five and all those movies. Uh, it's because they, they want something good They want something very well done That has a lot of action You know, something that will actually Make you jump out of your seat But in the, in the same time You know, have love uh, You know, hum, human emotions Yada, yada, yada Keep going, man, I'm sorry to interrupt you.
0: No, that's cool, no, you can interrupt any time So This is one of the big things here Is that Warner Brothers does have a short vi- vision you know, their vision's probably as short as Harmony Gold's vision is, if not shorter. And I think this is one of the things that Warner Brothers really has to work on. And this is why they couldn't do Robotech. You know, I mean, like, they just didn't have the talent or vision in order to make it happen. And it was obvious. You know, now Sony, on the other hand, is very different. You know, Sony actually tries to think, you know, two or three steps ahead. And also what Sony tries to do is, as as a company, Sony wants to be not only the leader, but the distributor. That's what they want. They want to be a leader, but also a a distributor. And what I mean by that is this, is they don't want to sit up here and just define something. What they want to do is have mechanisms in place that when other, shall we say, competitors within their market... Want to try to do the same thing. They have to go to Sony for something in order to make it happen. That is how Sony is as a company. And that's one of the reasons why they're so successful. Like, for example, Sony makes cameras. Are their cameras amazing? Nah, eh, not necessarily. Unless you're talking about recording video. But if you're talking picture taking and all that, no, they're, they're, I would say about middle of the pack. But where does Sony succeed? Sony succeeds in the fact that they build sensors for virtually over, we're going to say, two-thirds of the market. So when you think of your iPhones, when you think of your Samsung phones, when you think of just digital cameras or DSLRs, Sony basically builds cameras purely to showcase what their sensors can do. Other manufacturers in the market run to them and say, here, we need to use your stuff in order to build our stuff. So Sony gets a piece of the pie. So as camera sales fall... Sony's sensor sales increase. Because regardless of where the market shifts, whether it shifts to people using phones to take pictures or shoot video versus using traditional cameras or camcorders, Sony is actually there to meet the need either way. That's, that, that's what they're able to do as a company. Now here with Robotech, it works kind of like the same way. It's not just about making a movie from their perspective. It's about how are you going to Build a following for it, but more importantly, how are you going to do it in the way that you end up being the go-to company to pull something like this off? So, one of the things that we um, I, had, I had talked about uh, a while ago, um, you know, in, in my newer episode installments of Robotech Fan, meaning this year, okay, I talked about Harmony Gold, one of Harmony Gold's huge mistakes with Shadow Chronicles. Um, which was, Harmony Gold did not do what Bandai slash Sunrise did for Gundam uh, Gundam Seed going forward. So, for those of you who, who have seen Gundam Seed, you know Gundam Seed is the first, you know, Gundam anime that was done in 3D. It was all 3D modeling. And it, it showed. I mean, you could see by the over-excessiveness of Gundam designs within the series... Um, you could see where effectively um, there was a lack of mecha magic, if it were. Um, You could see basically how the series was actually choreographed and everything else. But where Bandai slash Sunrise picked up on it was in the video games. All they literally had to do was port the models that they had in the TV series over to A console platform. That's all that they had to do. And it was a smooth transition. And what you ultimately ended up seeing was this explosion of content within Gundam video games, where in most mecha video games, you were lucky if you got like 12 mecha. You know, I mean, that that's just the truth. I mean, like, you, you play a lot of mech games, or or games that claim that they're mech-based games, and you'll be lucky, like, if you get, like, 20 mecha. Or, for example, think about Street Fighter. You know, when Street Fighter was, like, first released, like, you had, like, 16 characters, like, 12 to 16 characters, I think. You might have, no, no, probably, no, you had less than that when it was first released. Yeah, you had about, like, 8 to 12 characters. And then as time went on... They got more and more characters in there, but when Gundam did Gundam Seed Union versus ZAFT, they started off with a baseline. But when they did Union versus ZAFT, uh, you know, uh, plus or whatever the hell it was, all of a sudden you went from like twelve mobile suits in the first installment of the game. The second installment, which used the same game engine, the same everything, you literally opened it up to like a hundred and some mobile suits. Like that's how crazy it was in terms of its. I want to say, um, it's assortment. And that was on the PS2. Then all of a sudden what you ended up getting was you ended up getting, you know, PlayStation Portable games that had the same level of archive assortment. And then after that you got more and more crap from, you know, just the, the Gundam universe. And the reason for it was that they were all following the same Model of of play, which was when you create an anime series, what you do basically is you use a 3D engine that can basically port those models over to a, an actual, you know, uh, console system or, or a, a computer platform for gameplay. Now you, you take that thinking there. Okay. That, that. You know, Bandai slash Sunrise had for Gundam, and now apply it to Sony. You know, Sony's got to look at Robotech and say, "How are we going to actually do this?" You know, uh, we we get hung up on the idea that if it's the F-14 fighter, then it's going to look too old, or if you don't use the F-14 fighter, then you're not being true to the story. But one of the things that we tend to forget in all of this is the mecha magic. Like, how can you make that mecha magic actually work on a live-action scene? Because I think everybody can agree that it is very, 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 very tough to do mecha magic unless you are going to do a 2D animation of it. That is one thing that can be said about anime, is that 2D anime trumps 3D anime in the sense of mecha magic. There are no two ways about it. I cannot think of one, um, you know, 3D animated mecha series I've seen that tops the mecha magic that you had in the mid to late 1980s um, going into the, you know, early to mid-1990s. I can't think of anything. I mean, all you got to do is take a look at, for example... Matt Cross, do you remember uh, Love? You take a look at that. And then take a look at Matt Cross, Zero. You know, for, and, and, and this is the thing that people got to remember here. For all these people who want to have futuristic fighters and all that stuff... Look at what has happened to Macross as an actual series in terms of mecha design because they have chosen to go down that route of 3D based animations along with, you know, given mecha designs. It isn't even so much a case of are you going to use, um, a F14 mecha-based fighter frame or not. As much as it is, can you actually CGI a decent looking mecha that is not one of those styles of of uh, I want to say Veritex. Because if you look at Macross Frontier, that shit looks terrible, man. Like that VF-25 or whatever the hell that thing is, that thing looks bad. You know, and if you look at Macross Delta, I don't even know what the hell that stuff is. I don't even try with that stuff. You know, So, from one standpoint, one of the problems that you have is when you take the 1980s and their concept of mecha designs, you know, they have that bulk, they have that girth, they have that that believability uh, factor to them that's solid. Then as you go forward into the future of mecha design, and, and I'm talking about getting past the transitional phase of the 19, uh, the early 1990s where you go from, uh, you know, um, angular, sharp angular based mecha to curvature mecha. But when you get into, I want to say like the new millennium, uh, mecha, like from Gundam Seed and stuff like that, the problem that you run into is that A, you have this like over exactness that just weighs down the believability of the mecha number one. Although, You know, from the standpoint of toy production and model production and stuff like that, it's actually totally sound. Um, Number two, what you have is you lack the mecha magic. That's what you lack. And this is one of the reasons to why if you watch a lot of newer mecha animes, if you watch a lot of newer mecha animes, what you get is you get a lot of fan service filler. Okay, one of my great examples of this will be this. Okay, if you watch um, on YouTube, uh, Gundam Build Fighters Try—I uh, think it's called Gundam Build Fighters Try Island. Okay, the character—I forget his name now. Anyways, he's some redheaded kid. Okay, the redheaded kid uses this close-range Gundam. Right, he uses a close-range melee Gundam. It's a martial arts Gundam. Okay, so in the movie, for some reason that makes no damn sense whatsoever. Okay, he starts off his attack. With a hyper mega particle beam attack that literally strafes across the, inqu- the entire battlefield and just bl- and literally just blows up a, a whole bunch of shit it doesn't even touch. Okay, but but the thing is he's not supposed to have a weapon like that. But why does he have it? Well, it's simple. The reason why he has it is because they're CGIing the mecha, and because they're CGIing the mecha, they can't actually. Create the needed shall we say movements in order for there to be that believability factor that this thing kicks ass like you can in a 2D format because the shit's done in 3D That that's why it is so instead what you turn around and do is you say well here just throw a hyper particle beam cannon on it boom and we'll do it that way And then what happens is, after that, they switch to the next mobile suit, okay? Which, again, should not have that kind of weapon, but all of a sudden, it has that kind of weapon, and does practically a, a very similar attack, just because you're talking about different unit types, like an air unit type versus a ground unit type, then obviously the explosions are different. And then I could go on and on and on about the different types that you have, you know? It, it's kind of like you know uh when you used to watch anime in the '90s, and I guess in the, in like the mid '90s, somehow they all figured out this concept of like you know homing lasers or whatever bullshit it is. You know what I'm talking about? Those lasers that battle cruisers fire that are able to sit up here and curve, and you know what have you not? I think like uh in Matt Cross, Two Lovers Again, that kind of bullshit. You know where the guns don't even have to aim in the right direction; <laughs> it can be, the gun can be aimed in the, in the opposite direction, and it fires a beam that curves around and then hits the enemy. You know that kind of bullshit. Um, you know this is this is one of the major problems that you have in constructing a live action movie. So Sony's challenge is this: How do you develop a th- 3D model? Okay. A 3D model of workflow, which is more like going to probably have to be a utility piece that allows for you to have the kind of mecha that you want to in the series that can deliver on a multi-million based expectation. I think that's really what it is for them. I don't think it's so much a... And I know this isn't actually going to the last episode of what what we were talking about, but I think this is a good conversation in and of itself. So I want to be fair about this, Kaiser. Otherwise, we'd skate past this. I I don't think that it is necessarily about whether you should be using the F-14 mecha frame or not using the F-14 mecha frame as much as it is, can you actually deliver on mecha magic in the way that they could in the 1980s? I don't know how you feel about that, but that's that's kind of where I feel Sony has their biggest challenge.
1: Ah, ah. Uh, well, me mm, I mean, I just, just, I'm just gonna make, i just gonna make sure we are on the right page. Uh I love the F14, tank. I mean, I love the model. It's actually one of the of the models I love models I love the most uh when it comes to airplanes. I mean uh, like fight, jet fighters or whatever you're gonna call them. Um like I was I wasn't I mean while you were talking about it, I was looking for you know like some designs online and everything. Um do you know what? Like I, I was thinking, like, okay, yeah, maybe, maybe I was, maybe I was a little wrong with the you know F twenty two. I mean, uh. But that, I mean, they can stick with the F14 or F15. However, my, my thing, I mean, my, my, my thing is that they have to do some variations on the model, something that make it look a little bit more, uh, futuristic, uh, more like, let's say, no, I don't want to say robotic, but you know, something that leads you to believe that that freaking machine actually, like, Converts into something. So you see what I'm saying? Like, um, like, like the alphas. You know the alphas. Like, if you look at the alphas, you know that that freaking thing converts into something. Because I, like, if you look at the alphas aerodynamic. I mean, like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. I mean, that shit doesn't make sense. Like, uh, especially to like, um. To, like, uh, you know, like, dogfight, uh, combat, like, especially, like, in, in the atmosphere, you know, inside the Earth's atmosphere, the alphas doesn't make sense, you know what I mean, so... Like well, when it comes to space battles, yes, it does. It does make sense. It does makes a lot of sense because you know that that thing has you know either missiles or or those those huge things that are in the back. I mean, there has to be arms or legs or whatever. You see, so you know you know for sure that they convert into something. So, uh that being said. I think that yeah, I mean, Sony can stick with the F14, you know, or F15, but it has to do like a variation, something that you know leads you to believe that oh, okay, so this thing is kind of robotic, or oh, oh, yeah, no, this, this thing has, you know, there is something going on with this plane. See, see what I'm saying? You I mean you following?
0: Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, here, here's what I believe. I believe that you can take it from the Matt Cross 2 Lovers Again scenario. If you remember in Matt Cross 2 Lovers Again, they do come up with a VF, uh, basically a VF1 variant. All right, you see it, I think, in the second episode when the, the Marduk go to, they attack the culture park. And then what you see is you see the atmospheric fighters, which are basically like VF1s. You know, lookalikes going around and doing their business to basically stop the Zentrani and the um, the Meltrani and the Marduk. I mean, like you have that. Um, I don't think that that's a problem at all. Um, I think when it comes to space, though, you know, it might make more sense, straight up for real, just to use something like a Lightning Veritech or to do something like a VF-25, like for Matt Cross, two lovers again. I mean, I, I really do think that if you're talking mecha design, if, if we are talking, you know, purely mecha design, um, hands down, Macross Two lovers again is like the purest form of Macross mecha design ever done. It's like the most common sense, forward thinking way of doing shit in terms of the Macross universe. It is. I think superdimensional space fortress Macross, aka Robotech, the Macross saga. All right, if, if you want to look at it like that or, um, you know, Matt Cross 2012, slash, I want to say, Matt Cross, Do You Remember Love? I believe that it is good, but to your point, it is dated. I think the only way you can get around something that is not going to be dated is you have to basically go with that Matt Cross 2 lovers again scenario. You know, and, and remember, back in the late... The like the late 80s to the early 90s. You know, you had that time frame where mecha just, like like concepts of mecha designs literally just took off. And then something happened that, I, I don't know, and by the time we got to the mid-90s, like 1995, shit just started falling apart. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, you look at mecha designs, you're like, oh man, you hit 1995 you're like, ah! Like all these people thought that like Macross Plus, their shit looked good. It's like, no. It looked okay. It didn't look amazing. The only thing that was amazing about it was the color palette of that damn show. That was basically about it. Now that I look back on that, it was a color palette. That's exactly what it is. If you actually look at the like the the uh the um the uh YF19 or the YF21, those mecha look okay, but overall they look like ass. If you were looking, at, if you're taking it from the standpoint of what you're saying, you know, if you're trying to look at a, at, at a Vertech and say, okay, I need to believe that this thing can transform into something, all right. When I look at the YF, you know, twenty or I'm sorry, yeah, the YF twenty one or the or the uh, YF nineteen, I don't believe any of that shit at all. You know, I, I believe that's like like how they did Transformers almost. You know, where it's like here, I'm just pulling something out of my ass to make this thing work. You know, um, and you saw how they had to treat those Veritech fighters or Valkyries in a sense where they had to, you know, stick all these extra armor attachments to it. You know, and you remember the fold booster? That was terrible. You know, Uh could could you imagine doing a live action movie and putting a fold booster on a Veritech fighter like that from like Matt Cross? Plus, hell no! You'd just watch fans walk on out there.
1: That looks horrible
0: Yeah <laughs> Yeah Dude
1: but, You know what I, I Like right now I, I'm, on my, I'm on my laptop And I'm looking at You know the Macros tool Lovers again Mecha I mean like uh, Mecha design uh, I think you're right I mean I had, I, I'm gonna give it to you uh, I think that's I can go I can go with that design I mean that's the design We need in the uh, for for a sony i mean for a sony movie i mean that's the perfect design like it's like a more up, like like a more up, updated um you know f 14 thing if i can, if i can say you know that actually looks like you know something i can go to like like that makeup and you know not, not only the makeup but the guardian and, you know the, the, the whole the whole fighter you know, I can, I can go with that I mean, look, i I actually looking at all these Designs, yeah I I remember seeing Macros too, uh, But uh, Yeah, they they look fantastic though Yeah, that's actually I, I, I can go with this for ro- I mean, I can go with this for Robotech I mean, I, I, I totally can I would totally will go for this for Robotech Like if you, if you ask me about the <laughs> Macros uh, Clouds No, hell no Oh my God! They're gonna, that. Yo, no, 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 They're, no, no, that, like, <laughs> I like Macro's clothes. Yes, I did. I did like it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, uh, me personally, me, Winston Kaiser, personally, I found Frontier entertaining, but the mecha design was—I mean, it the, 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 the was—I didn't like it. I didn't like the uh, the makeups and the and the planes and you know. Um Delta, oh my god, that, that was just horrible. I mean everything almost everything was horrible. But anyway, yeah, I, I can go with, with Macros two over again game, uh make a, um you know the you know, the fighter, you know the whole the whole design. I can go with that. Yes, 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 yes. I think you're right.
0: Now I in 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 here's how I look at it. Um, I think Macross 2, Lovers Again, is like the same thing effectively as... And and remember, it was done at the same time that they did a a, uh, continuation of Orgus. You know, so like, I, I don't know, like in the early 1990s, like late 1980s going into the early 1990s, what you had is you really had these concepts of mecha design where they were trying to continue these series from the 1980s. Um, and then, like, mid-19... I don't know what it, what happened in the mid-1990s. They kind of just gave up on everything, it seemed like. Um, but it's before you get to that obnoxious, like, organic phase. I mean, I do think that one of the things that you have to be careful about, and, and I think this is partly what Transformers suffers from as an actual movie um, in terms of live action, is that the mecha are too organic. They simply are. I mean, like, if I want to see organic robotic matter... Um. then I'll go watch Blade Runner. That's what I'll do. Okay? Or you go watch Aliens. That's what you do. Or you can watch some shit from The Matrix. Again, that's what you do. But what you don't do is you don't take the Transformers, which fundamentally, if you don't look at the movie and if you look at any other Transformer series, they're all angular box type mecha. That's what they are. You know, I mean, I, I hate to break it to be but it's true. Like, for people who don't believe that the Transformers are Mecha, they are Mecha. They are as much Mecha as the shit in Robotech. In fact, look at Jetfire, and look at Skyfire, and then go look at the VF-1. You'll notice it's all the same-looking robot. That's exactly what it is. So, I think that what they have to be careful about... Okay, in terms of the design of the mecha, okay, without being specific, specific on technical aspects, okay, is they have to understand that the fighter itself, the frame that they choose has to be a believable frame. I agree with you in the fact that they can't necessarily just take the VF1 frame, (laughs) you know, and throw it out there and be like, here you go, live action movie with a VF1. I think there are a couple of reasons not to do that. The first reason is this, is that you've already had people that have done a live based CGI of the VF1. So by doing a realistic live, uh, a live realistic, you know, CGI frame of the VF1 that just to be honest, that's, I think kind of stupid. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I, I think that uh, that boat has already sailed. I think it was, uh, you know, it's been incredibly diluted. Um, I also think that Sony technically has the means to CGI a live action VF1. They have that. And, and you know that simply based on the fact that you look at, um, your games, like another centuries episode where you literally do have a live action version of, a VF one, same thing with a YF nineteen and the YF twenty one. If you if you watch, you know the intros to games like like Ace, which is another Century's episode, um, and I think it's another Century's episode 2, The intro to that, um, you'll see it there, and I believe it's also in Another Century episode uh, three. Its intro, you will see that there. Um, so the idea of being able to take Japanese anime. Uh, mecha and make them live action-based, you can do that. I, no one can deny that part of it. The question becomes then, what kind of frame system would you actually use that would make sense in the overall scheme of an actual story? And, and to your point, I do believe the F-14 is dated. I, I definitely believe that. I believe you have to do a variant like what you're talking about. What I also believe, though, is that you can't just scrap the entire thing. Even if you made it the trainer... Just just the trainer. I mean, like, that's it. Like, you made it the trainer, um, Veritech, then that is totally fine. That makes perfect sense. You know, or if you were to take a more, you know, simplistic approach where you go with a, quote-unquote, universal frame, but then you actually go with the classical heads... Like, in other words, let's say that you change the VF1 frame to whatever alteration you do, but you keep the heads in their identical format. Again, people would be able to go with that. So, I don't even know if it's the frame as much as it is. Can you hold on to something that's identifiable? And I think one of the reasons why Macross 2, Lovers Again, worked, as well as it did, was because they took, you know two of the most identifiable, you know, um head mecha frames from Matt Cross Do You Remember Love? And they threw them into that series, and I think ultimately that's what helped deliver on the actual series itself. Um but when you think about it from a futuristic perspective, they do tend to go futuristic f- even even in a further sense with the mecha. When you start talking about like for example, the um the, uh, Metal Siren. You know, which arguably I would say the Metal Siren is one of the best futuristic Veritex of all time. I mean, I do think it's a little weighted in terms of its design, but you can definitely see where they're going with it. Like the overall idea, the conception of what they had, was here's what happens when you take an alpha and a beta and you mesh it into one unit with a you know traditional vertex style body, you know you get the metal siren, um, and uh, you know again I, I think that this is one of the bigger challenges that Sony has, which is like how far do you go, you know like realistically when when you think about doing. A multi-base trilogy within Robotech, you know the question does become: if you start with, in this case, let's say, I think it's the VF-25 um, or the VF, yeah, I think it's the VF-25 for Macross Two lovers again. Um, if you start with that Valkyrie, then what's your next Valkyrie after that, or what's your next Veritech after that? You know, like like like, where do you go? Um, and I think what. Sony has to be careful about in terms of choosing mecha-frames, because that seems like that's what this conversation is going into now, um, is they've got to be careful that they don't get stuck like what Tatsunoko got stuck with, you know, large in part, which was, okay, we have now come out with these more organic you know, based mecha frames and then all of a sudden we go from being organic to, I don't even know what the hell you would call like the later Matt Cross mecha. I mean, like, like if you look at Frontier, I, I don't know if you would just say that it's more of a sentient frame or whatever, but it, it definitely does not give any, shall I say, um, legacy. From you know, Macross plus slash Macross seven or the original Macross. It just doesn't do that. And, and, And I think that's one of the problems that they have in the Macross universe is that the Mecha evolution is just shot after a certain point. But I think also part of that deals with the production system. I think the fact that they go CGI and the fact that they effectively try to treat, um, the, the the Valkyrie well, system. Oh go right ahead.
1: Yeah um Microsoft Frontier, like like they said in English. I mean in, in Japanese. Mercury frontier. Okay. Um this is okay. I wanna say it was it was kinda of entertaining. Uh it was kinda of entertaining however uh You know, the battles with the... Vahra, whatever those things are called... Uh... It was, you know, it was kind of entertaining... Uh... Because... You know, like... Like... Let's face it... We don't have robot, We don't have more like I mean, we keep... I mean, like... You know, watching the same 85 episodes... Like, in my case... I... Almost know all of them... Like...
0: By memory... So... Yeah, I mean, Microsoft Frontier was something, like,
1: new, out of the box. Okay, it was kind of entertaining. I was like, okay, yeah, let's let's watch this. And I did watch all the 25 episodes. Um, uh, Legacy? No, there is no legacy. I... You know what? And, 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 And this is something I want to talk about, the Macros universe, and I know... A lot of macro purists I'm gonna... I'm, I'm gonna kill me I mean, I, I don't know They're gonna be... They're, for me, like... Not all of them I mean, not all macros fans are macros purists I mean, there are some macros fans That are decent, decent ones And they're macros purists Those are... That are like freaking radical... I don't know Islamic or whatever So... <laughs> I mean... Like... I know they would i they would like to behead me or something like that when I when, when I say this. Uh, yes, there is no legacy because this is what happened with macros. Macros I mean move from an uh, like an adult story like the re- the original macros. Um yeah, has an adult story, like, like very adult, very mature, uh, you know, story, uh, you know, human emotions, sorrow, love, uh, fear, uh, anger, um you know, all those combined, frustration, all those combined, I mean, like, yeah, the, the, yeah, the, there was a lot of emotions and the argument was very adult based. But now, I mean, um, um, when it comes to macros, uh, lovers again, you know, flashback, uh, and you remember love. It kept like you know the 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 same thing. You know, it kept the spirit of macros. You know, um, you know, love, war, and you know the same thing. You know, but then at some point, like at some point, with macros plus like, they, they, I don't know, and this is mine, this is Winston, this is my, this is Mr. kaiser this is my opinion, I don't want to hold Doug Bender responsible for this, this is me, I'm going to say this, Microsoft Plus, I think it came out, like, in. A, it came out, if I'm not mistaken, in the time that a lot of, <laughs> sorry to say, but a lot of, like nudity and hentai was you know starting to show up in in, in anime. Uh, like you know all hentai like urology. Uh, you know these other these other hentai series. Yes, I watch. It. Yes, I did. Yes. However, so so I think like Microsoft has that you know that mm, like they like that. I don't know, they, 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 I think they wanna have a little more of fan service, like, and uh, they wanna, you know, show out that nice looking blondie, you know, in bed with, you know, this guy, and uh, you know, they wanna look, they want you know, I don't know, it, it, it was, I mean, from my standpoint, it, it, it was kinda uh, appealing for, you know, uh, like, you, you, you see the, the rape of, of this, I don't know what, what, what was her name, you yeah. know, the black haired lady, you know, that, you know, the, this the centrality guy, raper, and you know, you, you know, you can see what happened and everything. So you can, so you see that there is, uh, there was a lot of, they were trying to build that, you know, that new market that I was, that I was, uh, showing up back then. That's my perception. But then, When, you know, like, they came out with freaking Macro 7, which, it it looks like a freaking, it it looks like these guys, I mean, like, I I don't know, I don't know what, what public, I mean, what, I mean, like, what was the, what was the people you were trying to build, to build with this, I mean, like, I mean, like, Singing robots like with speak you know, like Mecha's with speaker guy who used to control the freaking, uh, you know, Mecca with a freaking guitar, you know, he was just, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what they smoke, I don't know if they did, you know, LCD or whatever or meth or whatever, but that was stupid, that was so freaking stupid. So and I guess they were trying to, you know, they were trying to 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 reach to to. To reach junk kids, you know, like, you know, young kids that, you know, they, they, they have the, you know, these hippies, hipsters ideas or whatever. Uh, and, and it's like there, and, 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 with, with Frontier, they have more fan service, more nudity, you know, you have, uh, I mean, like, uh, uh, you have this character who was an underage girl and, you know, she was in a, in a very, messed up situation, you know, being nude and whatever. So like for me like it, it, like and then and then you have freaking uh macros Delta and, and and you look at the characters. I mean you look at all the characters, they look so freaking hentai. I mean you look at uh, um uh, and you look uh, uh, Freaking what, um, what was this this I mean A, a, a lot of those characters Were like Kind of Like hentai-ish I mean you, I mean I don't know You guys watch Macro Zelda, I mean There was I mean this, uh, Makina Nakajima and this other, and this, uh, short hair lady, they, they look like they went into a relationship, like a lesbian, like, you know, relationship, which is fine. I mean, I'm not going to criticize, but you know how, like, how they, I mean, degrading the freaking franchise is that, like, like they are instead of instead of coming with a strong story, like something that you know, like I don't know, like with 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 with, 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 with substance. I mean, something that has you know a story that is going to be pure for everybody. I mean, they just focus on freaking like, uh, like gay stuff and lesbian stuff and freaking. Like I don't know this guy. I mean, freaking dancing with a with a freaking robot. I mean, with a freaking mecha around. I mean, dancing, doing this dancing and like. I, and you're like, what the hell? And then you, you 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 go back to Macro's Frontier. You see this lady with a with huge with a huge rack. I mean, claiming to be a female centrality, I mean, and and and, they, and she was in love with a guy who like. Like, that she cannot have sex with, because when she was, you know, like, macronized, she was a freaking 11 or 12-year-old or 9-year-old or nine year older, whatever it is. So, like, you know, the, how messed up, I mean, like, like how messed, how screwed up, like, the, the freaking macros universe became, I mean, it, like... I mean, and, 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 when, and, when, and when I say this, I remember I say this in another form, we almost got killed. I mean, they were, like, ready to kill me because, they. I mean, I say, yo, this is a bunch of, like, like, I don't know, like a bunch of fat guys, I mean, freaking pedophiles, a bunch of pedophiles, I mean, uh, who, I mean, that are really, I mean... That's, that's actually the public. This I mean macro, I mean it looks like Macro wants to reach. I mean put of fat dude fat pedophile dudes. I mean sorry, I mean that's that's my own perception. Those are Winston Kaisers' worse? no no beddings. And keep going, I'm sorry.
0: No, I mean you have a point there and, and I agree one hundred percent actually. I believe that the problem that Macross ran into, um, I believe part of it was mecha design. I definitely believe that. I think the fact is is they got way too organic um, but there's only so far you can go in, tor- in terms of an organic design that still has to be legitimate, that is still, that still has to be able to, um, obtain the capabilities of mechamorphosis. I mean, like, that, that's just what it is. I mean, you know, the mecha's gotta transform. Um, and, you know, Matt Cross really did push the envelope there with the YF-19 and the YF-21 and the, you know, VF11 and, and all that stuff for Macross Plus. I mean, like, it, it really did. Um, then of course, you get into Macross, uh, Macross 7. And Macross 7 realistically is nothing more than a overall rehashing of mecha design of Macross Plus. I mean, it is. It's just, it's, it's not OVA quality. It's just, you know, seasonal, uh, standard seasonal quality, but still, it's, it's a rehashing. That's exactly what it is. You know, and, and then their idea from a mecha perspective is to say, well, here for, you know, whatever the hell the enemy was called, like the Devilin or whatever, I can't even remember now. Um, uh, or the Proto Devilin, I'm sorry, the Proto Devilin. Um, the idea was to basically take like the Mac Cross to, uh, Lovers Again model and try to, you know, update a lot of the mecha designs that you actually had in the pre-production concept of other Matt Cross games and put the proto devil in um you know spin on it like that's exactly what they were trying to do and i believe that this again is something that ultimately um backfired in the face of uh, Macross 7, um, you know, it was bad enough that they were taking Mecha from an, from another Macross series and then trying to just, you know, broad-base it, but it was even worse when they sat up here and tried to take pre-production art from other Macross-based video games and then say, ah, here's how we're going to do the Proto-Devil and so on and so forth. So, that really wasn't a great idea there, so I, I think that you have mistakes that were made there. I think when you make it up to Frontier, though, um, Frontier, it's just clear that they are basically trying to save Macross Zero. That's what it was. I I think when it comes down to Frontier, Frontier is basically the whole thing of take Macross Zero and then continue Macross Zero beyond the point that it ends, and then you actually get Macross Frontier. That's, That's effectively what you get. Now, do I agree with it? Hell no. I, I don't, and and what I mean by that is this: is that if you watch the end of Macross Frontier, basically it does lead back to Macross Zero, you know, um, and and they try really, 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 really hard to basically run a parallel story from the original. Do you remember Macross? You know, superdimensional mecha franchise, and Macross Frontier. They do try to run a parallel between the two. But then what they do is they try to circle it right back down to, or right back to Macross Zero, and and I think that's the thing that everyone tends to forget in the Macross conversation is that Macross effectively does try to reboot itself with Macross Zero, and this is what people tend to forget, and they forget it all the time, you know, Super Space Fortress Macross is is a uh, is a Macross shall we say segment in and of itself, then you have The Macross, you know, segment, uh, meaning like Macross Plus, Macross 7, so on and so forth. But then what happens is you get to Macross Zero, and then you get, of course, Macross Frontier, and then you get, um, um, you know, Macross Delta. And those Macross series, Zero, uh, Frontier, and Delta, are basically Macross series that are completely different from the other Macross that have gone before. So, like when you look at Macross, Macross has been rebooted multiple times. It actually has. They're very subtle about it. And I think this is part of what the problem is. But this also goes to what you said up here and said about the mecha designs, the characters and stuff like that. Like if you were to sit up here and look at Macross Zero. Take Macross Zero, then go to Macross um Frontier and then take it to, you know, Matt Cross whatever, if you were to, you know, go ahead and do that, all right, and let's say that you, that you were to do that in the way that you're talking, um, then it only makes sense to recognize the fact that, A, the character designs are effectively, I'm going to say, all the same. Like, if, if you really sit up here and think about it, the character designs are all the same. The mecha designs are practically all the same in terms of the mechanics, the CGI, and stuff like that. There's really not much difference there in in terms of mecha designs and stuff like that. And then the enemies that they face. The enemies that they face might as well be all the same, too. I mean, like it's basically the same damn story being told in the sense of it's, it's a universal background of mechanics. It is. It's moving forward, mind you. Um, in the way that it can move forward, but it's basically the same damn story being told. That's what it is. Um, and, and what I mean by that is it's not... The story is not the same necessarily if you watch Zero to Delta to Frontier, you know, or, or Zero to, to Frontier to Delta. It, they're not exactly the same story, no. But what I'm saying is, is that if you look at the look-feel, the mechanics of how the show was actually made and stuff like that, you are basically watching the same thing over and over and over again. And I think this is one of the reasons to why they hop onto the concept of fan service. And this goes back to what is something that I had said before, which was the problem that you have once when you get past like 19, you know, shall we say the early 1990s, the problem that you run into going into the, I want to say, uh, mid-1990s and going forward is anime really does become like fan service. You are totally correct. What they do is they, they basically get themselves into a scenario where they either cannot fulfill the quality of production based on the content that they're, that, that they're going after, um, in one form or another. And then the best way to deal with it is to just simply, you know, throw some big boobs on it and, and then everything works out. Now, one of the things that we do want to keep in mind about this, okay, is that if you were talking about Macross Plus, all right, and let's talk about Macross Plus for a moment, we have to keep in mind, Macross Plus was partly CGI'd. And one of the bigger problems that you had specifically with Macross Plus as an anime was that there was not a lot of mecha combat in Macross Plus. There really wasn't. If you watch Macross Plus, there was not a lot of mecha combat at all. What you had is you had this weird, you know... Try. Oh. Wait a second here. Ah. Uh. Muted. Are you there, Kaiser? Goodbye. Wait a second here. Let me uh do something real quick, folks. Pause it. Okay, sorry there, guys. There was some like interference that happened, and I had to cut out and and uh yeah. So okay, well fine, we're we're past that. Okay, anyways, uh, what I was going to say is, in terms of uh, fan service, um, if you look at Macross Plus specifically, Macross Plus really, 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 really reeks of lack of mecha content. It does. Um, the truth is, they put way too much. Into the shall I say? They they put way too much stock in the YF-19, YF-21, and the VF-11. They do um, to a point where it's all about look how cool these mecha look. Um, although they don't do anything, just look at how how cool they are. And then what happens is you just don't get any good you know battle scenes out of them. You know you don't. I mean, there's there's just nothing there. And what you do is you get mostly just a test run of the mecha. You know, if if you think about it, those, if if you look at Macross Plus, the whole point behind those mecha in terms of the 19 and, and 21 was what? To deal with colonial disputes and stuff like that. Do they ever deal with a colonial dispute? Fuck no, they don't. Instead, they end up facing a ghost fighter. A ghost fighter. I mean, like, it's... It's like, really? Like, you guys sat up here and, and designed these mecha that look, at, for their time, cutting edge, and they go up against something as weak as a Ghost Fighter. And then the Ghost Fighter turns out to be superior to both of those mecha, based on the fact that it just doesn't have a human pilot. Which is something in and of itself that's totally pointless. It's like, it, you miss the whole point of what the series is supposed to be about. You know, it'd kind of be like in Robotech, you know, and imagine this, okay? Imagine that you had company, uh, Mac Cross, and then you had company Southern Cross, you know, and, and, um, you know, I'm sorry, uh, not company, uh, Southern Cross, but company, um, I want to say, uh, you know, uh, Pioneer Force, we'll just call them Pioneer Force, all right? And you got the VF1 going up against, you know, the Alpha Beta. Alright, so you got these two nice-looking Veritex. Okay, and in the end, what beats both of the Veritex? The Ghost Drone does. That's what beats both of them. Okay, like, a lot of people tend to forget that the Ghost Fighter is nothing more than the Ghost Drone in Macross slash Robotech the Macross Saga. That's all it is. And it makes no sense whatsoever on Earth. It, it, it's almost as bad as if they would have gotten beat by a lancer. You know, you guys remember what the lancer is from, like, the Macross saga? You know, Armor 1 and Armor 10? Yeah, sending out those lancers? Yeah, I mean, like, that is how bad that story was written on its face. But the main thing, and, and I think you you hit it right on the head, is it's all about the little nudie scenes. That's what it is. or Or the... The insinuation of nudity—that's what it is. I think the truth is, is that they 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 went away from the concept of having great mecha battles and strong adult um, shall we say dramas, okay. And and what they went to is they went to showcasing mecha, and they went to showcasing you know. I mean, like, that's exactly what they did. Um, I think when you get to... Macross 7... Dude, you're right. They they just didn't know what the hell they were doing there. I mean, like, that was pretty damn obvious. I don't think they understood what they were going to do with Macross 7 until they got to, uh... You know, Macross 7... I forget what the movie's called. Um, The Most Powerful Warrior, or whatever the hell it is. I can't even remember now. Um, The strongest fighter, or or whatever it was. And in the end, you know, I'll never forget this. I could have swore what happens is you got this, like, little kid named Pedro, right? And the little kid Pedro is, like, the coolest... He's pretty much the only great thing that ever came out of, I want to say, Macross 7. Like, period. Probably my favorite, favoriteest character in Macross 7. This little kid running around chasing, like, seeds in the sand, or... I'm sorry, seeds in the snow, or whatever, to plant them. But, um... In the end, he gets caught up in some Zentrani cleavage, if I remember correctly. It's something crazy like that. And it, it goes back to what you sat up here and said, you know, which is the whole thing of throwing a kids into these, you know, adult themes, which I think is one of the bigger problems that Matt Cross runs into. And you, you see it start with Matt Cross 7 with, I want to say, um, their uh, their OVA. Uh, when you get to Matt Cross' uh, frontier, though, just the inappropriate con content at that point is just amazing I mean to begin with you you don't even have good mecha battles all you have is basically you know uh, mini missile attacks and you know hyper particle beam fighter uh, or fire I'm sorry and then you have you know um, automatic you know kinetic you know uh, weapons going off like that that's that's pretty much what you have. I mean, like that. There sums it up um, when it comes to Macross Frontier in terms of the actual battles themselves. And then what you what you're stuck with is you're stuck with this just inappropriate conduct of or content, I guess you could say. Uh, either way, where it's just like you said. I mean, like the the Meltrani chick, right? Is a, as a Meltrani, you know, she looks like in her later twenties. And um, you know she's got this like massive rack, massive you know like uh, you know uh, ass, and you know she's got all the right measurements and all this other stuff that you know I guess if you're a guy and you want to sit up here and sketch out your perfect woman, you're probably gonna just have something like that. I don't know. And then and then what happens is you know it's like okay, well, micronize for us, and then she turns out to be like five years old or something and you're like what the hell is this you went from being 25 to five you know i mean like that's the problem right there with it it's like it kills it right there and then you got like i believe reika that was her name the girl with the green hair and it's like well you look like you're seven years old you know but they're like no 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 she's not seven years old she's she's 18 it's okay she's 18 and it's like no she's not Like even by anime standards, this bitch does not sit up here and look like she is, you know, eighteen. She just doesn't, you know. And and then of course you just go on and on with Matt Cross, um, Frontier, and and it's it's just fan service. That's what it is. It's pointless CGI mecha battles and fan service, and it's what hurts it.
1: And don't mention. And don't mention that the freaking alto saotome. He got some he got a huge issue of what he was or what he really was I don't know if you like if you remember i mean if you watch frontier you you remember what he was on the on, on the train or something like that he's talking with Luca or whatever this little guy name is um he was like he was telling him oh, I don't know what i am i don't I don't really know if 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 I, if I am a man or I just acting. Or pretending to be a man I'm like What the hell What's wrong with this kid? What's wrong with it I mean Dude I am not a, I don't wanna I am not Homophobic Please Do not com- Misunderstand my words My thing is How you gonna freaking Expose kids to this Like <laughs> Like Like Dude this is just wrong I mean Come on man I mean This is supposed to be a supposed to be a show that has you know okay i don't want to say it's gonna be for kids but you know you have to foresee that kids are gonna watch this shit i mean come on man i mean yo like don't like don't expose kids to this i mean are you freaking kidding me
0: well i've got one better than that let's assume kids aren't watching it what grown-ass man wants to watch it I mean, like, like, when you watch Macross Frontier, you got to sit up here and ask yourself, when you start breaking down the characters, just when you start breaking down the characters, okay, you have to ask yourself, what grown-ass man wants to see a character set like this? And, and I think that's one of the problems that you have with Macross Frontier, and I think that it ran into the same kind of problem that um, Macross 7 ran into, actually, where it breaks down into, I want to say, demographic types, which is, okay... The whole point is, is that we're not selling characters; we're selling Mecca. That's what we're selling. Mecha make model kits. Model kits make money. Pretty much, that's how it goes. Well, look at your demographic for being able to deal with, you know, um, deal with this type of uh, this type of uh, content in terms of, of Mecca and stuff like that for, for model kits. So let's say just for the sake of the conversation, you have boys that range anywhere from the age of, uh, 12, we're just going to go with 12, um, to the ages of, um, we'll say 36. Okay. So, so, so we'll go boys age of 12, you know, uh, men age 36. Now, realistically, we probably could sit up here and say, uh, boys ages of four, all the way up to men in their like, uh, you know, 50s or whatever. But we'll go 12 to 36. So if you go 12 to 36, the problem there is this, is that you're talking about building a story that actually can bridge across that, that, uh, age, that age gap. But then you're also talking about the appeal. And what appeals to a 12 year old is not the same thing that's going to appeal to a 36 year old. It's just not going to. Which gets us back to the very original part of our, our, you know, Um, conversation here about the live-action movie. You see how this all works now? You see how we're able to turn it around like that? Like No no one even probably saw it going in that direction, but you see how we're able to work it like that. Um, Only on Robotech fan folks can do that kind of shit. But anyways, um, it comes down to how do you bridge that age gap? So then what happens is you get into a situation where you're trying to sit up here and create characters that have a dual appealing to them. And what I mean by having a dual appealing to them is this, is that you have to have a character... That can appeal to a 12-year-old in the same way that it can appeal to a, you know, um, uh, a, a 36-year-old. You know, so when you have a Meltrani that goes from being 25 to like five years old, you know, that's basically how you're 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 dealing with that appeal. Now, I'm not necessarily saying, okay, that a 12-year-old is going to find a five-year-old Meltrani appealing. That's not what I'm saying, actually, at all. What I'm saying is, the 12-year-old might look at it and say, "Wow, a adolescent has the ability to jump into a micronization chamber and then become an adult." You know, that's like, you know, going from like, you know, Robin to Nightwing. You know, in in a minute, like, who doesn't want to have that? Or it's like Captain Marvel. You know, starts off as Billy Bunsen and then becomes Captain Marvel. That's basically what you're talking about, though. That's basically the concept that they were going after. The problem with it was, though, and this goes to the point of what Kaiser said, is that it got oversexualized. And keep in mind, Captain Marvel, there's nothing oversexualizing about Captain Marvel whatsoever. At least, I, I don't think there is, okay? Um, but the closest thing you're ever going to find in that respect would probably be, like, Power Girl. Okay? And that's a different story in and of itself. All right? But when you when you look at Matt Cross' frontier, where they made their mistake, it literally is in the over-sexualization of the characters, you know, or it's the confusion that the characters have. You know, so, to Kaiser's point, you know, when you have characters that are unsure about their, their, uh, you know, sexual identity, or their gender, or whatever the case may be, Again, it comes down to that whole, what base are you trying to appeal to? You know? So when you, again, take that, that age gap of 12 to 36, you can definitely say that between the ages of, shall we say, 14-ish, I might give it 14 to, uh, shall I say, 20, I'll give about 20, 22. Okay? You're not sure, uh, you know, where you want to go, who you want to go with, what you want to do. You know, you just don't have that stuff locked down. Once when you hit about 23, and I would definitely say more or less, I want to say honestly, uh, more like your later 20s. You get into your later 20s going into early 30s, that's when you really know this is what's going to work with you, work for you in the bedroom. You know, um, and, and this is how you wanna, you know, identify yourself and so on and so forth. You know, that self-discovery thing is pretty much over by that point. So, uh, you know, again, Macross Frontier fails at that because what they're trying to do is put a level of self-discovery into the actual series that's just not needed. It isn't. Because what does it do for the mecha? Which gets back to another part of our original, uh, conversation here. What does it do for the mecha? Seriously, if you sit up here and think about it, okay, you you try to go with the Batman and Robin scenario, or more importantly, you try to go with you know Captain Marvel, um, and you want to have a character that goes Billy Bunsen to Captain Marvel. You you try to take up that that trademark, all right? Then you sit up here and and, and you try to go for a a self discovery clause, you know, like we're going to have a character that doesn't know who they are, they're unsure about themselves, so on and so forth, and all this other nonsense. Okay, you're going to have that. And I'm quite sure if we wanted to, you know, go through some other, you know, um, uh, character archetypes, we could probably do that, and and, and that wouldn't be a, uh, a problem from a psychology perspective. But the fact is, A... You never throw all of those types into one series. Like, if you think about it, what I said about Captain Marvel, that there, Captain Marvel has his own franchise. You know, it may not be that big of a franchise, but he still has his own franchise. And granted, being part of the Justice League, when he's part of the Justice League, that's a different concept of a franchise altogether. That's what it is. But the other thing is, is that you're selling the character character you're not selling the accessory to the character, which is another problem here. Which goes back to the concept of the mecha. What happens is, and one of the reasons why I think Mac Cross's uh, frontier is so forgettable, like when you talk about mecha designs and stuff like that, is because it's outweighed by all the outrageous nonsense that you actually have in the actual series when you start to think about it. You know, the fact that we can sit up here and probably spend literally three, four, five, six, seven, eight hours talking about the character designs, the flaws, the relationship, the personality defects, and and, and all the above of Macross Frontier, and then we probably could not sit up here and stretch a two-hour conversation on their mecha designs. I don't even know if we could make it to 45 minutes to tell you the truth on that. Um without invoking other other franchises into the conversation tells you everything right there in terms of what's wrong with Macross Frontier and what ultimately sank it as an actual series. So I I agree with Kaiser 100%. I think that Kaiser, you know, you you hit it right on the head when it comes to Macross Frontier. Now, when you're talking Macross Delta, the problem with Macross Delta is very simple. When they started off Macross like Macross Delta, like, straight up, dude, that was, like, some card-capturing shit. I mean, seriously, man. You thought you were playing, like, some turn-based RPG or some card-capturing shit. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, when I saw that first episode and I couldn't even make it the whole way through, I was like, no, we're not doing this. And then they got some, like, weird little, you know, tro- troll doll effect or something. I, like, I, th- th- you know, and it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I understand that the whole thing was, let's try to center around the concept of the min attack but that was already done in Macross 2 Lovers again. When they threw up those holographic, you know, min-may attacks against the Marduk, and then the Marduk came back with their emulators, which were then able to sway the attitude of the Zentrani, and, you know, that basically was that. I mean, like, like, that was the problem with it. Yeah, we did. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, well, I mean... It's still better than, like, you know, what happened with Talkshoe. I mean, I could, you know how Talkshoe would go. Um. No, I
1: mean, this, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, it, it's okay. I mean, it happens, but, uh, yeah, Talkshoe was something
0: else. So, so, Yeah, no, but I was, I was, I, I just agree with you 100%, um, in regards to what you said. Um, I, I think that it really, they, they did move in the way of fan service in different ways. I think that it did detract from the mecha designs. And I think it's one of the reasons why Macross is just totally unforgettable, to keep it short. I mean, like, I really do believe this is one of the fundamental flaws of the Macross uh, universe. Um, And and I think this is something that Sony has to look at, you know. Um, Because that, of course, brings us to what we were getting into in terms of the political correctness and stuff like that, Um, which I don't think we need to do this episode. I think we should just do that the next The following episode um simply because that's that's just as big as what we're talking about or we have been talking about now um but I do think that the fan service just it kills it you know I mean it 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 does I mean like when you start thinking about it it just it rolls it over um you you get to a point where you lose the main you know eye on the prize and um what you end up doing is just dumb stuff, you know, and 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 that's what's been plaguing Matt Cross like ever since. I mean, like, you know, in it, in it, here's the way I would describe it best. It used to be Matt Cross versus Robotech, you know, when you take the newest Matt Cross series and throw it up against Robotech and say, yeah, who had the better Mecha, you know, was it the brand new Matt Cross, you know, uh, Mecha that had just been released in the series, um, new released in the series, or Was it, you know, these aging Robotech relics, you know, from, from like the 1980s. And now you don't even have that anymore. Like, like, I don't think you can find any Macross fans that would take like Macross Delta or Macross Frontier and say, oh, yeah, I would totally take on a Robotech Alpha Fighter with this shit. Like, I I just don't see that, you know, Um, I I mean, I, I could be wrong, but I just I haven't seen that in forever. I mean, have you seen it at all?
1: nope,
0: nope, nope. Yeah, I, I, I just haven't seen it. And I'm basically like, wow, um, this is what's happened to Macross. Like, they really have killed off their entire franchise. And it makes no sense. And, and, and what I mean by that is they still have a fan base. And, and they still have their loyal fan base. That part's not changing. But they can't grow their fan base. Like, like this is what happens when you when you stop growing your fan base. You start doing dumb stuff like this. And remember, this is the same crap that Robotech did with the Shadow Chronicles. I mean, if you remember the character designs and how that went.
1: But I'm gonna tell you something about the mecha design, though. Um, did, okay. um... I mean, this this is gonna, this might gonna, this might sound lame, however, I'm gonna, I mean, hey, once again, I'm gonna give it to, to Kermisic. I mean, even when it comes to make a design, like, like, even though we know that, you know, like, people are gonna say, oh yeah, but he did it by accident, because, you know, uh, you know, back in the days, uh, US TV channels, they didn't allow anything less than 60 episodes, yada, yada, yada. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Uh, but um, dude, in Robotech, we got, we, like, the a design in Robotech is so freaking, um, different, like, uh, like, you have different designs, I mean, it's, it's, Like I say, is there is a lot of variety. I mean, come on, we have the you know the the macro saga. We you know you have the VFs. uh, You know you have uh, but then on 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 the on the second saga, Um, the master saga. Actually, you got we got the Logans, the Ajax, we got the the Hoover tanks. Um, Dude, I mean. Like, we have, like, I think, like, when it comes to mechas, I think we have more. Like, the the only problem is that we have not been able to explode that, you know, all the potential we have with Robotech. Because we have a very large, broad variety of mechas. I mean, we got the alphas, we got the condors. I don't know if people, a lot of people knows about the condors, you know, but, we have the condors, uh, you know, the alphas, we got the peras, I mean, the, we have the freaking cyclones. I mean, uh, yo, and we, I can keep going. Even we have the, in the story, we got that freaking red motorcycle or whatever it is. I mean, yeah. dude, we have a lab. But 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 the only problem is that we even though we have a lot we are no we have no I mean we as a franchise I'm not talking about us but you know the the robotic franchise uh, Harmony Gold um they they they're like they were just like Warner Brothers I mean they had no vision to exploit all this stuff we have all these resources we have so when it comes to macros they just limit to freaking. Air fighters, sorry, but that's it. Air fighters and some death droids. Uh, right. like, you know, the death droids last, last dance of this guy that he almost cracked me up. But anyway, like like I say, I mean, we have way more variety, variety We it comes to mechs than the freaking, than the macro saga, that the whole macro's universe. But, yeah, I mean,
0: y- you're right about that. Um, yeah, I, and you know, you're right about that. Uh, I, I would say that, um, and, and I think that this is something definitely that's going to have to be explored in another episode. Um, but it, it does stand to be true for this one, um, for sure, which is Matt Cross does heavily restrict itself to basically its Valkyrie fighters. Um, and, and the fact is, is that like when you talk about Matt Cross, one of their bigger problems, I think, really is the fact that. Um, They have, you know, relied way too much on, you know, the Valkyrie fighter. They have. Um, And, uh, again, you talk about Destroids. It's like, what are those? You know, who knows what a Destroid is? I mean, obviously, they exist in Macross, but, like, they're like mythical leprechauns at the end of the rainbow with a pot of gold or something. You know, they're so far and in between, you kind of wonder... Were the Destroids ever a mistake in the Macross saga? Like, it, and it's true, you get further as you get further and further into Macross, you do wonder if the Destroids were a misconceived concept of the times, you know. Um, and that's one of the key differences between Robotech and Macross. I mean, Robotech has Mecha in it that you don't even get to see other than like background, you know, just just background filler. Um, the Condor is one of them. I mean, straight up. I mean, like it's—you <laughs> see it in flashbacks and in narrations. That's what you see it as, and not just the Condor One, but you have a Condor Two, you know, which makes it even worse. Um, and then like the um, the Silphie from Southern Cross. That thing, that thing's not mythical. I mean, like it really does transform, but they never transformed it. And I mean, there, there were obvious reasons why. I mean, going up against you know a Robotech Master Assault Carrier. Going into battleloid mode in the Earth's Atmosphere really isn't going to give you much of an advantage except, you know, probably get you in a coffin much faster than you would otherwise be in a fighter mode. Um, but then yeah, Robotech had so much had so much, it couldn't even put it all on screen. And and that's what makes it so sad. And you're not even talking about pre production art. You're talking about they just didn't have time to transform the mecha Because they either got killed or they were in a scenario where it wasn't actually, you know, applicable. You know, and this is one of the things that Carl Mazek had said when he created Robotech, which was, listen, I didn't choose mecha that didn't make any sense. Like, in other words, you choose the the series that you choose in regards to the mecha in the series based on the combat applications that are on hand. So... I I think that, like, this is one of the things that Matt Cross kind of sucks at, which is they believe that Veritech fighters, or Valkyrie fighters, are the only answer. No matter what it is, it's the only answer. You know, that and giant capital ships that can transform and do, you know, judo or whatever. I don't know. Um, But these are the things that really do hurt Matt Cross as an actual franchise. Um now here's what we're gonna do. Uh I want to be fair about this, because I know that uh Kaiser you were talking about like needing to, you know, go to bed at like eleven um so you can get yourself ready for work and stuff. Um what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna close down the episode now, uh simply because we've got a lot of good content here. Um and what we'll do is we'll um do you wanna pick this up later on in the week? Yeah, man,
1: I'm up for it. Uh... Okay. Either Wednesday or Thursday.
0: Okay, that works just fine. I right? mean, we can,
1: we can keep, yeah, we can, we can, yeah, we can talk, we can keep talking about. Because uh, I think, I think, yo, know, I think this episode was great. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what the listeners, I don't, I don't know what the listeners are gonna say, but for me, I, I feel this episode was great. So, like, yeah, we had to keep the momentum. I mean, uh, like, yeah, I'm up for uh, for another one. You know, around uh, around the same time, nine nine p.m. will be awesome.
0: Alright, cool. Yeah, we can do that. That's not a problem. Yeah, we'll do uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'll definitely get back with you. I'll sit up here and I'll, uh, post it. Um, I'm going to post this one up on TalkShoe. Uh, I didn't post, I didn't actually open up TalkShoe today. And, uh, the reason why I didn't was simply I just thought, you know, hey, you and me can sit up here and do this. And, um, you're correct about the momentum. Um, I mean, it's picking up, uh, momentum. It, it definitely is. Uh, cause I do another podcast as well, which is now starting to pick up momentum too. But it's all about consistency. That's what it is. I mean, if people believe you're there, then at some point they'll drop in and they'll do their thing. Um, but a lot of people are fighting the whole talk shoe thing. Like, they want talk shoe. It's got to be talk shoe. And honestly, I have no damn clue why. I, I just don't. I, I don't understand why people are so obsessed with talk shoe when talk shoe has failed so miserably <laughs> so many times. I mean, it's just like... You know, it's like going down.
1: The thing we talk to is that this is, but this is the thing. We're talking about Robotech fans. I mean, something about us, Robotech fans, like us, is that we get attached to things like real easy. So it really, I mean, like, they just, they, they get, I mean, you know we, They just get attached To talk to Like the same way Like we are Attached to Robotech So I mean You can understand This like We're like For the majority of us We are people over You know Late 20s Or over You know 30s So it's kind of hard to like When we are used to something Then we want to keep doing it Even though that thing Is not perfect But we just want to keep using it So yeah, my suggestion Would be a good idea Just to Uh I don't know, have it open and then like like have you know, have like a double record and then like if if the if the um uh if the um gosh I mean Free conference call if the audio down. it's not it's not good it's not good on the on the touch, you can replace it with the with the audio from here. There's no problem.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I'm gonna start doing, because I can run it all at the same time. I can. Um I've got no problem with that. And, and I do understand that Talk shoe is where most Robotech podcasters actually start off. Like that's where most of us did. I mean, like I'm not, I'm not denying that. Um, it's just, I look at a lot of them now and it's like, I know why a lot of them don't do it. You know, I mean, part of it deals with Harmony Gold. I also know that they just don't want to fight with Talk shoe, You know, um, and it, Talk Shoe just hasn't kept up with the times. Um, in terms of like you know uh, different website formats, mobile devices, and stuff like that, and it's just like ah I can't do this, um, but no yeah we'll, we'll carry this on, and uh, we'll we'll either get into Mecca assortment or we'll get into political correctness. It will be one of the two, okay? Okay. Uh-huh. All right. So you take care, and I will talk to you later. All right? Yeah. All, All right. right. Bye bye. Good show. Bye bye. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website
1: for details.